0: Be the right club. Be the right club today. Johnny, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! (laughs) Expect anything different? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back into the No Laying Up Golf Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Today's episode is an interview with Cheyenne Knight. Cheyenne is one of five rookies on the USA Solheim Cup team. Of course, next week is Solheim Cup week, so what better way to start getting familiar with some of the fresh faces on Team USA. I really enjoyed the conversation with Cheyenne. It was in person last weekend in Cincinnati at the LPGA Queen City Championship I talked to Cheyenne about the struggles of transitioning from college to professional golf. I talked to her a little bit about some of the technology and, and rollback questions surrounding the game at the moment. We get into Solheim Cup stuff, of course. It was a really fun conversation all around, and I hope one that you will enjoy listening to. Before we dive into that conversation, though, I want to thank one of our sponsors, and that is Roback. Roback Activewear, you all know Roback. These guys just understand quality. There's only one way to describe rowback. Best fit, best feel. And now with summer winding down, it's the perfect time to load up with the best gear we own. First, I wanna talk about their performance polos. These things just hit different. Whether it's USA theme designs, just in time for a big couple weeks of uh, USA versus Team Europe, or their classic solids and stripes, these polos look clean. With four-way stretch and moisture-wicking fabric, these polos will get you through a warm summer day on the course, if it's still warm where you are, or they're perfect for a nice fall round of golf, too. Second, Roback's Performance Hoodies are the stretchiest, softest hoodies in golf. If you want to be comfortable and relaxed on the course, then wear a Roback hoodie. You guys know we can't take them off. and If you want to start your day right, then start it in a Roback hoodie. And then third, Robac's performance Q-Zips are a game changer. Nothing beats rocking a Roback Q-Zip for an early round of golf. They're soft, they're stretchy, they're comfortable. We honestly can't take them off. It feels like, honestly, everywhere we go, you're always spotting that subtle dog logo or the two-striped ridge on the back. So get your roback gear now. Head on over to roback.com for a generous 20% off your first order through the end of this week. Use code N-L-U, so that's spelled Roback.com, R-H-O-B-A-C-K.com. Use code N-L-U, that's 20% off all polos, Q-Zips, hoodies, and more. Make sure to check them out now. Thank them for being a great sponsor for us, and now my conversation with Cheyenne Knight. Joining me today live in my hometown, Cincinnati, Ohio, at the Kenwood Country Club, the Queen City Championship this week is Cheyenne Knight. Cheyenne, thank you so much for joining me. I'm excited to talk to you. How are you doing today?
1: I'm good. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: How have you found Cincinnati? You were telling me this is your first, uh, you did not play in the inaugural event last year. Had you ever been to Cincinnati at all before?
1: I've never been before. It's been great. Uh, just got off the, just got done with my pro-am and everyone's talking about graders or skyline chili. I don't know a lot of things I haven't tried yet, but excited to kind of explore later this week.
0: Because I think you're well, at least going off your the bio on the LPGA website, you're a bit of a foodie, aren't you?
1: I am. You know, I wrote that bio my rookie year. And as I've gotten a little bit older, I got to watch what I eat a little bit more. You know, I can't my metabolism is slowing down, you know, I can't and all the food and player dining. I got to be careful.
0: Well, you you are quite a bit younger than I am. I'm going to be 40 next month, but I hear you on having to start actually thinking about what you eat and the metabolism slowing down. Yeah, I would say graters for sure. And I am absolutely a homer, but I, I truly believe graters is some of the best ice cream in the country. So if you like ice cream, definitely check out graters. Skyline is a very polarizing experience. It is, you can get it a couple ways, either a bed of noodles with chili and cheese on top or they'll, you know, a little coney hot dog, they'll put the chili and the cheese on there. So if you're feeling adventurous, Man. I would say definitely okay. try
1: Okay. Yeah, well, I'll, I'm going to have to take some other my other friends with me so we can all experience it together.
0: There you go. There you go. Well, on the food, are there I know we're in Cincinnati this week, as I said, are there certain stops on your calendar year to year that really excites you for either a certain restaurant or a type of
1: food? Oh, gosh. I think like LA, you can't really beat. Uh, When we play at Wilshire, like all the restaurants on Larchmont are just good food scene there. And then, you know, I'm from Texas. So anytime we play in Texas, I like the Tex-Mex, just restaurants that I know. um, When we go over to Europe, not Scottish food, not, you know, (laughs) a lot different than what I'm used to. But, and then when we play like at Mizuho this year, we stayed in New York City. And so, Going to all those cool places—that's a must. And I think girls—I would say I would—girls are more excited about the coffee shops overall than like actual restaurants. So if you find good coffee, the girls are going to be there.
0: And does that include you?
1: Yes, yes, for sure. But
0: what's your your go-to drink? What's your order?
1: I like a latte or flat white—not too—not too too crazy. But my friends make fun of me—they'll just drink straight black coffee or a pour-over. So. I need some cream and sugar in there.
0: Have you found a good coffee shop this week?
1: You know, I've been teeing off early each morning, just kind of how my schedule's played out. So I've just been going to Starbucks. You know, they're open at 6 a.m. or 6.30, but I need to go to some others. I need to ask Paula and Holly about it, Paula Kramer and her caddy. Yeah,
0: if, if you have some time, there's a place not too far from the course. I'll give them a plug here. Uh, somewhat new, and I think it's... I think it's very good. I'm by no means a coffee aficionado, but it's called Mominum. Okay. So, M O M like how would you spell it? Mom and um like apostrophe Okay. E-M. So, very cool coffee shop. I love coffee shops because I love to take a book, I'll go and like read. It's probably my favorite thing to do on weekends when I'm home. Uh, so there's one if if you're okay, looking to try you. something yes. this week. Okay, well, the other things in your bio that you said now are what five years old. So I don't know if it still holds, but you you mentioned drawing and journaling. Are those still some things that you like to do from time to time?
1: Um, I like to journal, not so much drawing anymore, but like I feel like the coloring books that like the kind of the paint by numbers or the draw by numbers, I guess, it's very therapeutic, get your mind off of it. Um, But definitely journaling a little bit more. But. Yeah, I like to read more, I would say, now um, than when I used to, and just kind of turn my mind off of golf. Um, But yeah, no, me and my mom used to, because that was from my rookie year. And when I was playing um, after college on Smetra, now Epson, you know, wasn't making that much money. And my mom's like, if you want nice markers or nice colored pencils, you got to play better because you can't, we got to get like the ones from like Dollar General. So it was kind of an inside joke.
0: Does the journaling, is that something you had been doing for a while or is that something that you have picked up and do to help with the golf or is that kind of more of a just everyday kind of life practice?
1: Yeah, I started in college and I think it's more it can be kind of whatever I'm feeling if I'm, you know, just like need to get it out on just write it down, get it on paper, just like how I'm feeling. And so I can vocalize it a little bit more, but, or just golf in general, I would say maybe like, I'll I'll write down things that I'm grateful for, just put things into perspective. Cause you know, just out here, it's kind of, you do the same thing almost every day. And so trying to like not make it so just kind of going through the motions, I would say, and just kind of writing things down. And it's cool to look back at, you know, where I was at the, you know at some tough points like last year or this year and kind of look back and just see like how much i've grown through that and learned from it too
0: yeah i've i've tried i'm very jealous of people who journal or can you know keep a diary it's something that i think would one I, I get the the practical usefulness of it day to day but having that record to kind of look back on and and to help you right hey i was facing this kind of situation and how did I respond? Uh, I tried the five minute journal for a little while. I just can't make the habit stick. Yeah. Is where I'm going with this. Yeah, uh, that's been my biggest issue. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> they say it, what, like two weeks for a habit to like really like, stick.
1: I know. Yeah,
0: maybe it's like two months for me. Um, well, you mentioned your game. That's a good jumping off point. We should talk some golf. Uh, how, how do you come into this week? Let me let's start there. How's kind of the overall game? How are you feeling right now?
1: I would say I started off the year, like, really strong. I I'll, Some of my best golf I've played in my career, definitely, in March, April, and May. Um, kind of struggled the last few months, but I feel like um, I'm hitting the ball a lot better. Like, just my ball striking has been off, um, kind of starting in June. But kind of, I feel like, just making some right changes and feeling a little bit better about it. Um, yeah, and, like, overall had a solid year. Just haven't played great, um, kind of starting in, like, kind of, like, end of june um but yeah hopefully kind of piecing the things together it's always a work in progress but feeling good um yeah we're kind of close to the end and excited to play this week as like a prep for solheim and yeah just it's always a process getting a little better
0: well if you don't mind i'd love to kind of dive deeper into your career a little bit and mention you turned or i don't know if we mentioned but you turned pro in 2018 um your rookie year was 2019 on the LPGA tour, and you you win your first event late in that season. What uh, as, as you reflect back on that, you know, four years about four years later, uh, what are the things that that really stick with you about that first victory?
1: I would say my rookie year. I think I think it's very important for. It's not a rule that we have on the LPGA, but I think girls have to go to Epson first just to kind of like grasp what professional golf is. And that's something that helped me, but I still had a lot to learn like on the LPGA, the travel and stuff. And I would say, so I went to Q school as an amateur and then as a professional um, after my summer that I spent on Symmetra. So I went to Q school as an amateur in 2018, elected not to go to finals and just take my Symmetra status and then just play that in the summer of 2018. So that
0: was a very conscious decision on your part to not, is, is that right? To, to essentially like not go to final stage and potentially get your card?
1: So they don't have it anymore, but I was very vocal about this. Like they used to give the top five players in college golf an exemption into Q school and you should not give a girl that who might be a freshman sophomore junior like you should not give a girl like that choice because I got it and I was like oh that's cool like I'll go see what it's like and I had no idea what I was doing like playing and so it kind of put me in an awkward spot um so that was my junior year and so the exemption at the time I started at second stage and there's three stages at LPGAQ school and I you know, got through and I was like, well, like I'm going to be doing the same thing next year. So I might as well just turn pro after my junior year. And I didn't want to put the team in jeopardy of me like going to finals because how it used to be with the cards on the LPGA, like at the final stage, if I finished whatever, 15th, I don't know, before I signed my scorecard or right after, like in that process, you had to say if you're going to take status or not. So you're giving a girl that's maybe not even 21 like it's a career you know just it's a huge decision so um I felt like I kind of I didn't and I I'll be like very honest like when I was doing that I did not realize what I was kind of getting myself into I was like oh this is a cool exemption because you know I was ranked in the top five like I need to do this yeah I elected not to go to finals um in 2018 finish out the year with the team then I turned pro um And then 2018, I played on Symmetra and now Epson. But then I went back to Q school um, to get my card because I didn't finish in the top 10. So then that year, they changed the rule again. So if you were top five in college, you got an automatic spot at final stage of Q school. So these amateurs had a huge advantage where I was just in their position last year that hey, if I make it, great, but I have something to fall back on. And that's not professional golf. Like, you know, it's such a, you know, like you're playing for your life and your job. So um, I got my card that way. And thankfully the LPGA has kind of squashed that. Like you should not, They, it's always in talks, but just it was a, that's so, that's how I started playing professional golf. Uh, it's a long story.
0: Did did you did, did you have counsel during all that? Or was this just stuff you're learning for yourself in the moment?
1: yeah, just stuff I was learning in the moment. And like, I mean, I talked to my coaches and my parents about it and it kind of, I just, I went into second stage acute Q school with the exemption of just like, oh, I'm gonna just take the experience for what it is. And I just want to see what it's like. Oh, mm-hmm. and well, I got through, um, I was like, well, what do I do now? You know? And I just, and I did not put the thought into it and, I don't think anyone really put the thought into it of like what it meant, and I had no um, no aspirations really to go to Q school, but just since I got the exemption from my like good play um, the year before, I thought I needed to do it. Um, but I mean, I have no regrets about it. I still graduated um, from Alabama, but just uh, I mean, it was really affecting professional golf. Uh, I'm, I mean, it was it's affecting you know um, I say it's affecting professional golf but when you're at q school and you have amateurs that are there but they have something to fall back on like they have a lot less to lose than you it's a different mindset
0: i was gonna say it that always struck me as a competitive advantage for the amateurs that were like i ah, make it or not i i got this good situation i can i can fall back on whereas somebody who's professional is like oh my god if i don't make it through what am I going to do? You know, I, I might be starting all from the bottom. Yeah. So it was a good rule change. That was something I don't know last year, or I I forget when exactly they changed it, but essentially if, if you enter Q series, you have to be professional.
1: Exactly. Yeah. You got to like make your mind up before. So it's like a level playing field for everyone. And yeah, so I got my card at end of 2018 and that's when the whole Q series thing started was 2018. Um, and so I finished 27th and the whole thing was top 45, you get a card. And so I finished 27th. Well, you really got to finish top 15 if you want full LPGA status. So... I was, my priority number was like 155, 156, and 144 got into everything, but at the beginning of the year, like with daylight and stuff, the fields are smaller, so I started out, I went to Australia to go to Monday qualify, I mean, I went to extreme measures to like give myself the best opportunity to play, and um, yeah, I did that, Um, went over there, tried to Monday qualify, and I got into one tournament, and I missed the cut, so So a very expensive trip as a rookie. Um, And then in March, I Monday qualified again in Arizona. And I made the cut. And so that got me in the reshuffle. But yeah, my whole rookie year, I was kind of just trying to survive. Um, And you got to learn pretty quickly. If you're just out here to make the cut, you're not going to make it very far. But I think that was I was just so worried about keeping my card and just yeah surviving. Yeah, and I went to Europe. Monday qualified for the British, got in made the cut but that's all it was just making the cut and finishing 60th that doesn't get you a lot of points I mean we do at the time we did money list so it didn't give me a lot of money at the time to move up in the standings and yeah the last regular tournament of the year I needed a top five finish to not go back to Q school and so I was like oh I got nothing to lose so definitely a different mindset and ended up winning the tournament but yeah so it was a big learning curve like oh Yeah, I I have nothing to lose. I might as well go out and play the best I can rather than just trying to make the cut. So, um, yeah, that was a whirlwind. And then I got into like the Asia events, tour championship. And, yeah, so that's kind of my road to professional golf and my first year.
0: (laughs) Well, that's incredible. That's so much more color than I could have ever gotten just looking at your results page on lpga.com. I really appreciate you coloring that in. And I think that is... Just people in my situation, fans of the game, I think that's the biggest disconnect between perception of, oh, you're a pro golfer. You know, it must be nice. And I I think we just don't realize the grind and how hard it is to just feel like you're trying to keep your head above water, especially early on in your career if you're not coming in with great priority. I mean, that's, that's such a... Yeah, for, for fresh out of I'm I'm thinking back when I was 22, 23, just coming out of college, and it's like, holy shit. I, yeah,
1: <laughs> right. I you're know. just trying to learn to you're, live, too, exactly. on your own, you know? Exactly. Like,
0: where do I grocery shop? How, maybe it's different than girls, but I'm like, how do I do my laundry? Oh, you know? I know. How do
1: I- <laughs> yes. No, it's a lot, and it's just, like, thrown right at you. And, uh, yeah, learning how to travel and, like, how to caddies, practice round. Like, yeah. you know, and that's one thing um in college golf you don't have a caddy you're by yourself you're carrying your bag i mean i push my push cart um Mm -hmm. and then you get someone that you're out there for five six hours a day and so trying to find the right you know the right match like it's really hard like you're all on your own and then it's like wait there's someone here that's an asset you know trying to help me and so just i would say that is i mean Going from amateur golf to professional golf, like it is, you're still playing golf, but there's a lot of different components. And um yeah, in college golf, you play four tournaments in the fall and I don't know, like six, seven in the spring. And you play that out here in two months, three months. And so just, yeah. And I think like that's one thing that was hard as a rookie. I was like, well, I have to play. Like I have to keep playing all the tournaments I can get into, like, because I need to keep my card and I, have to like give myself the best chance to you know yeah like keep my job for next year and so figuring out how many you can play in a row and just kind of dealing with all that that was it was tricky hey
0: everybody randy here jumping in to thank our other sponsor for today's nlu podcast and that is whoop this episode is brought to you by whoop the official fitness wearable of the pga tour and if you don't know by now whoop is a sleek screenless wearable that tracks your sleep strain, recovery, stress, and more to provide personalized insights that help you reach your goals. So whether you're obsessed with squeezing out a little more effort in the gym, shooting your lowest score out on the golf course, or getting those extra hours of sleep a week, Whoop can help you build better habits and make healthier choices. It's been an eye-opener getting back from Scotland, dealing with the jet lag, uh, some tough... Recovery scores, but thanks to WHOOP, I know now to make healthier choices, like I don't need that beer at 10.30 at night, or I don't need to eat dinner so late. All those things help my recovery, they help my sleep score, which is what I can monitor with WHOOP, And with features like strength trainer and stress monitor, you can finally track the intensity of your weightlifting or manage your stress levels with a real-time stress score and science-backed breathwork. Listeners, try Whoop for one month free and get ready to unlock the best version of yourself. Head on over to whoop.com, W-H-O-O-P.com to get started and use code N-L-U to save 10% off your order. That's whoop.com code NLU to save 10% off your order. And now back to our episode. Do you have a max that you'll play? Like have you, I'm sure you do now, but probably took some trial and error, I'm guessing.
1: Yes, I would say four yeah. is kind of like my max. Schedule was a little weird this year, Um, just kind of how like bunched it was at times. And so, yeah, I like three or four, but um, sometimes, and like sometimes you know, like I'm gonna have to be playing like a few more and like just knowing like okay I may just have to take it easy on Monday or just Tuesday and just kind of realize that.
0: Was there anybody that were there any older players that kind of took you under their wing where were, uh, you always hear about how great the LPGA family is does that extend to kind of teaching you how to navigate this process how to live life as a touring professional golfer was, was there anybody that was like you know yeah kind of took a shine to you
1: i would say um angela stanford i think the first time i met her was i was like 12 or 13 and just she's like someone i've looked up to but angela was always there if i had a question um, or just some advice and definitely like a big role model and definitely helped me a lot but there were some things that I was going to have to learn on my own. Like she wasn't going to overstep. Like I had a caddy at one point and she's like, who's catting for you this week. And I only had him for one week. And then the next week she goes, do you still have this guy? I was like, no, she goes, yeah, I was going to tell you, but you got to kind of learn it on your some own. You know, exactly. some things yeah. you just got to learn. Um, but I would say, and like, yeah, I think all the girls are really helpful, but you got to go out of your way and like ask and you know, take accountability for like things that you want to learn and stuff and you know even angela like this week we've been talking and she's like i don't want to overstep but next week when i'm at home like prepping for solheim if you want to play match play and i was like yes i want to play match play and just pick her brain and um yeah so like definitely angela stacy lewis a little bit i played a lot of practice a few practice rounds with her um my rookie year and yeah and i think you kind of learn like you watch all the best players and like one thing i noticed like they're not out here right now in the middle of the day they come they get their work done and then they leave like turn it on turn it off like there's not a lot of extra you know they're not cramming or anything like that like they do what they need to do and then they kind of get on with it
0: it's kind of the famous you know tiger woods first tee or you know the f- first guy off at, at the masters each year for the practice round we'll just kind of quickly continuing then on 2020 obviously crazy year with covid but you had a really nice year you kind of finished obviously winning late in your rookie season when you did eventually get started in the 2020 season very nice ended up finishing tied for 19th at the tour championship uh but then i'm curious about 2021 and i think the big bummer about 2020 is correct me if i'm wrong none of those like points or anything carried over into 2021 so it was like you had a great year but you're not really able to then rest on those laurels into 2021. and what was there any like specific on course mechanical issue that that led to a bit of a struggle
1: yeah um I remember my college coach Mick would always tell me like hey like you play Cheyenne night golf and you need to perfect that and like don't try to be anyone else and in 2020 I played like pretty well but I just thought I could play a lot better and hit the ball a lot better so in 2021 um I switched swing coaches and really liked the guy I was going to but um Travels a lot with the PGA tour. And so I couldn't have the time. And he told me that. um, And I got really far off and got a really bad two-way miss. And it was kind of around June. I was like, yeah, this is not going to work anymore. Like, I can't keep playing golf like this. Like, playing bad. I mean, I couldn't keep it in the fairway, you know. Um, And so I went back to, like, my old coach. But I would say, like, playing so bad, you definitely had, like, some demons. Like, I just had no confidence just kind of like a something I've I've experienced before in my career, but you know, trying to play like week in and week out, like I didn't have a lot of time, or and I didn't take the time to go home and fix it and like just like spend the time and like kind of grind it out. I was like, okay, like maybe next week I'll play better and like just like not good um, mentally and finish outside like the top 80. But with my winners category, um, like two year exemption, I still had full status, um, for 2022. But I remember like, yeah, I just kind of lost kind of like how I play golf. I tried to be someone that I wasn't and it definitely, um, yeah, affected me like mentally and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, you know, I think when I like think back to like 2021, like I didn't make the tour championship and instead of like going home and like taking like some time off, I, with my swing coach, Joey, we got kind of like back back to like we could actually make the changes that needed to happen like in the off season rather than like mid-season we're just trying to put a lot of band-aids on it because i def i started swinging the club like i'd never have before like i've always been like pretty shallow like i hit a draw while i got like really steep in my swing like really like over the top like I've never had that in my career so you're seeing
0: stuff like wow I've never
1: seen yeah that I've never before. yeah I'm used to hitting it left yeah. like a overhook and now I'm hitting it right so um yeah and I think yeah that was definitely like one of the hardest years I've had um and uh yeah and I think like you just learn from it and I I think you see kind of everyone kind of like trying to instead of You know like hey i'm really good like let's just keep working on that like i think i got maybe a little bit um, impatient i was like well i can hit the ball a lot better and i can do a lot better even though i had a really good 2020.
0: so the work you then did kind of in in the off season let's say of of 2021 into 2022 how long did that take those changes and what you were working on with with joey how long did that really take to set because you come back in 2022 and i I think, you know, obviously compared to 2021, it was a much better year, but were you kind of, you know, still working on ingraining things throughout the year or or did you get pretty comfortable pretty quickly in 2022?
1: Yes. So 2022, um, I missed the first cut of the year in Boca and I was like, great, you know, I just did not play well. I was like, geez, like all this work I just did, like, like what happened, you know? And so... But then like the next week after that, I got a top 10 finish um, or like 11th or something, maybe just outside. And then I had six weeks off because the tour goes to Asia and I how I finished in 2021. I didn't get into those.
0: They're all limited field events for people listening. So it's like you you have to be a pretty high priority to guarantee starts in the early age. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So in those six weeks, I would say that's when like it started clicking a little bit better and just, um, that's when I started to see like kind of the changes taking place and it was started to become more natural. Then we went back to San Diego and I think I shot like five or six under the first round and like, didn't really have a great weekend, but like, you know, started to see like some low rounds kind of like taking place and, I played, like, solid that year. I got, like, 15th at the U.S. Open. That's kind of, like, the... I think that's my best, like, career finish in a major. And so, like, just started to see, like, some good golf. Um, Never was in contention. I think my best finish of, like, last year was, like, a third at Scottish. But, like, wasn't in the final group. And kind of Ayaka kind of, like, ran away with it. But just, like, more consistent, more than what I was used to.
0: And I should say made the cut in all five majors, which is, you know that's that's no small accomplishment right to to your point yeah yeah playing good solid golf
1: Mm -hmm. consistently yeah never really like in the mix never like in not in the final group or anything like that but just like consistent making the cut like 20th place and kind of was just waiting for kind of it to all click
0: so we, we fast forward 2023 people know and we're going to talk about it you've you've been named to the solheim cup team so you know spoiler alert you're having a very good season punctuated by a win at the dow uh up in midland michigan which is a team event but again a little bit of a double-edged sword because that event doesn't count towards solheim cup points not that it's like a bummer because obviously you've won and that's a great thing but were you thinking like oh geez you know yeah <laughs> do, do you it think was that's a, bummer. a good policy i mean I, you can be biased now having won I mean, it but I, do you understand why they why, i understand why that i yeah.
1: definitely understand but it is kind of a bummer i think since we're actually like keeping score i mean playing alternate shot and keeping scores hard like it's not like it's match play so i mean i understand um i understand there's no world ranking points but maybe some solheim points would be nice but um, but I, I get it. And I think I, w- I. this is kind of funny, but I looked at Elizabeth cause like she tried to qualify for the U S open this year, like lost in a playoff. And I looked at her, I was like, you don't have to qualify for the U S open next year. She's like, it doesn't count. I was like, oh, sorry. But I was like a different way, a different way.
0: <laughs> yeah. You partnered with Elizabeth Sokol. Cool. Uh, how did that partnership come about?
1: we are best friends okay yeah we've been friends honestly i don't know how we're friends because the first time i was really like i met elizabeth we were staying in an airbnb in australia together in 2020 like right before covid and i booked an airbnb with no wi-fi so the fact that she (laughs) still chose to be friends with me i don't know why but uh she yeah she's one of my best friends
0: well it had to be nice getting back in the winner's circle uh I want to ask you about, and you can... I'm just going to throw it out there. But at some point, have you tried adding distance to your game? Is that something that you've been working on? And when did that start? If so?
1: Yeah, I, um, I've never been like the longest hitter by any means. And it's not like I'm going to gain a bunch of weight and like a lot of muscle or anything. But Grater's
0: ice cream. Never say no. Hey, hey, that's right. I know
1: I I talk about my metabolism. Like I'd have to keep it in check. If you're looking
0: to add weight, it's a great way to do (laughs) it. Okay. Right, right,
1: right. (laughs) Yeah. Mix with the Skyline chili. (laughs) I would say, and so, like, for me, like, I feel like I, well, what I've learned, um, I've worked with, like, super speed, um, this year, and they've, I've kind of, I've, and we did the biomechanics, and I, like, have a lot of, um, speed that I just don't use correctly, like, I feel like people always hear, like, don't use a ground correctly, but I don't use the ground, um, that great. And I don't really load into my right side. I have a little bit of a reverse pivot. So, um, just with them learning kind of like my proper weight transfer in my backswing and just kind of how I can just kind of use my body a little bit more and like mixed with in their speed training, um, has definitely helped.
0: How, what, what are you looking, are there certain metrics whether i don't know be swing speed ball speed is, are there certain numbers that you're working towards or how do you approach trying to add distance because i yeah. asked that y- you hear some horror stories both yeah. out here yes. on the men's side of people who've tried to chase right. distance gains right and kind of their whole games fall apart yeah. so I, i'm curious mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure yes
1: you've oh yeah considered that yes correct and i think i went through that in 2021 but i wasn't chasing distance i was just trying to Change my whole golf swing, and I would say, like with super speed, like I was a, li- you know, it's always, it was always something that could help me, and it wasn't, it wasn't like it wasn't gonna change my swing or like my body or anything like that. It was just there to like as a tool to help me, and I think that's one thing that's a little tricky, like because I do all the training and then I just go out and like play, um, but I think you know, golfers or just any, like, athlete, like, anything that might kind of affect their craft, like, they're very, like, skeptical about it, but I think, um, and it's like, hey, like, I'm pretty good at what I do, like, don't tell me, you know, um, kind of, like, a little sensitive about it, but I, I always view it as something that could help me, and, you know, like, my coach, like, I've done biomechanics before, and so I always, Always know I had, like, a little bit of a funky thing in my golf swing, like, with my weight transfer. But just kind of working on a program, like, off the course to just help that was always just going to be, like, beneficial.
0: So, what are your baseline... Where, where did you... And I don't know know what you put the most emphasis on, again, swing speed, ball speed. Swing speed. Swing speed is what I look at. Okay. What was kind of the baseline going into your work, and where are you now, and where would you like to get to, ideally?
1: Yeah. So, for me, I've always looked at swing speed. You can look at ball speed and all that. Um, I've always been around, like – and every mile per hour you go up is, like, three yards of carry. So – and I have always – Mm, like I, I've always swung at like 89, 90 miles an hour and I am up to like 93, 94. Um, and sometimes, you know, I can get to another level, but I'm just not confident or comfortable like swinging that on the course um yeah and so like my goal you know everyone says the goal is to 100 and so maybe one day I can get there but yeah I would love to do like ninety five, ninety six. but definitely like it's a it's a tool that has helped me a lot um but it's definitely not something I get like caught up in like when I'm on my track man or doing the radar I'm more like playing like wedge games and stuff but then I'll you know for me it's important for me to hit the fairway. And so, but if I can, you know, start to carry some more bunkers and stuff like that, it's definitely going to help me. But I think some people, you know, I've seen like over the years what Bryson has done and just like these guys that hit the ball so far and in the woman's game, you know, we can't, we don't have the muscles or the strength. Like if we hit it in the rough or like way far right off the tee and in a bad spot, like we don't, we're not built the same. We can't hit, that out of the rough like the guys do or like generate that much speed or that um power so it is a little bit different and I kind of see all the cliches about like well girls hit a lot of fairways because they hit it short you know you see everything but um yeah I like the distance thing is a little tricky and I think like there's some girls out here that absolutely smoke it but I mean they have like what I see that's different it's like yeah they swing fast but like how they like kind of like their weight shift and the lag that they create and like through that is who
0: who who are some names that you look at that would be like either some of the fastest swing speeds in your opinion or some of the largest carry numbers out yeah
1: here? angel smokes it yeah lynn grant i think you can really see in lynn's swing just like the lag that she creates and how she gets through the ball really well ronnie who won KPMG, um, smokes it. Yeah, and I think just, like, a lot of girls, like, yeah, just, like, how they – like, it looks kind of effortless. Like, they're not, like, swinging out of their shoes. But just – yeah, I think kind of, like, their – the weight transfer and just how much they kind of, like, spring up from the ground, I think you can kind of see it. And some, like, more guys swings a little bit more, just, like, with their footwork.
0: Do you think – just because Ronnie, I think, is 20, Lynn is – Women's 24, obviously new to the LPGA Tour. Do you think that we're going to, like, is that the way the women's game is moving? It, it almost feels like there's a distance revolution coming on the women's side here. Yes. In the yeah. next and, however many years. Yeah,
1: to go with that, I think that's a huge point. I was talking to someone about that recently. Like, me, like, I'm 26. I'm not that old, but I'm um, definitely not the new generation that's coming out. I mean, so when I was growing up, it was like okay hit it straight gotta hit the fairway we gotta hit it straight hit it solid now they're teaching kids like just swing as hard as you can and then we'll get it then we'll figure it out and then we'll figure out like how to hit it straight from there but I think kids like learning at such a young age how to swing it fast and like how they do that by body footwork like whatever it may be and then figuring it out I mean and like technology ball like sure that's a whole other thing but i think just like that's just not something that what that was popular when i was a kid it was all about hitting the fairway hitting the green like putting i don't know but like the kids that hit it so far and i think you know like girls that are like coming out here from college it's like man they hit a long way like talking about like the woman's game i was talking to stacy lewis about it like as we get older like, we hit it shorter. I mean, just, like, if you have kids, like, your body evolves. Like, it's just, you know, they're not, you're not 20 years old anymore. Like, your body is constantly changing. And yet, if you decide to have a family or kids and stuff, like, it's always, I mean, girls are playing pregnant out here. They have babies. Like, it's definitely something that, like, is just something to think about.
0: We could do a whole nother podcast, and I don't mean to derail it, but it it is fascinating when you think about the wider technology rollback discussion and i think it's usually framed with the men's pro game in mind and people like bryson for instance but really like everybody that plays on that side is yeah it's just hit it as far as you can if you're in the rough that's fine they swing it fast enough to be able to generate the club speed to you know get it out of the rough and still generate some spin and that's fine the women's game, I it, it's it's fascinating because I look at your game, the, the game out here on the LPGA Tour, and it's honestly why, like, I've become such a big fan is it's just so much more relatable to how I play golf, how, like, I think about golf, the, the distances. You know, it, it seems like it fits at a scale on, like, the courses you're playing. But... You know, with the rollback, is it like, well, if if we do want to roll back, is it a uniform rollback? How will it affect the women's game? Those are all things that are like, oh, there's so many aspects to it. And there's not a question in there that I've asked you anywhere, but I'm just thinking about, like, it's such a mess. And I don't envy the people trying to figure it all out because I don't know what the right answer is.
1: I know. I don't know what it is either. I mean, the LPG came out with a statement, and was like, yeah, we've seen what the usj and rna have said and like we don't have like we haven't seen that problem and i mean when i watch the guys i'm like man they hit us so far but i mean yeah so it is interesting with like the like i know what they're trying to accomplish like the guys like yeah i mean no golf is like too long for them and like i think it, it i think maybe it'll because i mean when i like there's some guys that you know, I know that are uh, like where I practice or just like that see Joey and like them trying to make it on freaking corn Ferry is so hard. I mean, you see what they have to shoot in at Q school or to get on PJ tour Canada or Latin America. Like you gotta, you gotta go so low. And I mean, it's like a chip and putt for like some of these golf courses that they play. And they're just trying to get to the corn fairy tour, you know, I mean, it's really hard to like make it on the feeder tours um, for them. So yeah, I'll be really, really interested to see kind of what happens. I know it's in a few years, but, and I feel like those guys, I mean, if they, I mean, the, the, the technology has changed, but like the golf ball is like really interesting to me.
0: It is. And just to go back to Bryson, because I, I know it was a couple of weeks ago, he was quoted with his new drivers. Like, yeah, essentially I just hit it as hard as I can. And I'm not even really worried about where I'm hitting it on the face of the club because it's... Both the club the ball it's it's pretty optimized to not spin and it's like
1: and like one uh, thing i will say like, what are we doing yeah here? right what are we doing like this is not a bash to the lpga but it's just a fact we don't have a lot of people that come watch and so if we hit it off the map we got one spotter looking for it so the amount of lost balls that we have we have three minutes to find the ball like you don't have a bunch of spectators it's like yeah i just got hit in the leg like your balls right here you know it's like where the heck did that go? And the volunteer might have not seen it. So like us spraying it all over the golf course, like you may lose a golf ball or we don't have, yeah, like a lot of the crowds to hit into and like, oh yeah, your ball's over here. Like you don't know where it is half the time. So if you're like spraying it all over the map, you may have some issues.
0: Maybe I'm just an old fuddy-duddy, but it's like, I feel like golf should be, you, you should be rewarded for like center striking the golf ball. That That feels like, an inherent skill that should have a premium within the game. So I don't know, Cheyenne, we could spend, sorry, we could spend like two, three, well, God, we could spend two, three weeks talking about it, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, Let me ask you about Solheim. Obviously, huge honor, huge deal. This is going to be your first Solheim Cup. And I just caught you saying in the press conference, which I did not realize, that you've never represented the United States at any level. No. How cool is this for you? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Never made Curtis Cup was always kind of like right there. Um, So, you know, I'm very proud of to be American. Very, not a cliche thing, but yeah, like I love my country so much and get the chance to represent it. Um, It's always a huge goal. And, you know, I like getting all the gear and stuff. I mean, it's so special and I'm so excited. And, you know, I've, yeah, I've never done like a team format like this before. So I'm really excited, like eager to learn and um, ready to go over there.
0: What, if if you don't mind, can I ask, where were you? What was receiving that? I, I don't know if it was a phone call or an in-person thing. What, what was that like receiving the news that you had made the team?
1: Yeah, I finished the round in Canada and I did not have, I had four pars and I shot even that day so I had seven birdies and seven bogeys (laughs) so I was a little frustrated to say the least I was like what just happened yeah Yeah. psycho total psychopath out there um so I was a little like what the heck just happened today but um I saw Stacy in the locker room and she was like hey can you come here and talk and that's when she told me and I was super excited and
0: did your stomach drop was it like oh oh." god I'm being called to the principal's office yeah I was like like, I was
1: like It's like, well, it's going to be one thing or the (laughs) other, you know, I'm going to be excited or kind of disappointed. But um, I had like a good feeling about it. I kind of like talked to Stacy and Angela kind of after Dow. And even though I didn't get any points, you know, they were kind of already asking me a little bit, like, would you be okay playing with so-and-so or so-and-so? And I was like, what does this mean? Are they just curious or like what else does this all mean? So I was super excited and yeah, had to wait until I mean, I could tell like my family and stuff, but had to wait until Monday to like kind of make it official, but it was super cool and like I had and like just kind of the other picks like just kind of went to dinner with them. Well, I went to dinner with Allie um, on Sunday and just got to like kind of share that with her it was really cool.
0: Did you know Coach Sabin was going to do your official announcement?
1: no I was so excited so we're sitting in the chair and everyone's going through you got like Alex Morgan and Mia Hamm and Nick Saban pops up I was like oh my gosh wait <laughs> like I think this is for wait, me we have an yeah. Alabama connection. yeah I yeah. was like this is for me and just the <laughs> fact that like he said my name I mean I've met him before but um and I was like you know what the LPGA is or like the Solheim and so I was like that was so cool like and everyone knows who Nick Saban is I feel like you love him or you hate him but that was really special to have him. And it was, I mean, I'll have it forever.
0: That was a really cool video they put together. Uh, and our very own KVV, his daughter, Keegan, uh, got to announce yes. a pic. Yes, yeah, was, that was cool. That was very nice to include her. The Stacey Lewis connection was something I wanted to ask you about. You've, you've said how much you admire her. But I was looking at your, your resume and see that you are the 2012 KPMG Stacy Lewis Junior Girls Open champion. Oh, yeah. Uh, I just kind of come in full circle here. I know. Right? I life's life's kind of cool that way. Yeah.
1: So I was born and raised in the woodlands, which is where Stacey grew up as well. So when I started playing golf, she was at Arkansas and you know, I have at my parents' house, I have a signed flag from Stacy. I think when she won in Mobile, Alabama, I don't know if it was 2013 or 2014, but we got a lot of like memorabilia yeah. from Stacy. But yeah, and that was my first AJGA win. And I remember she hosted a clinic in Rogers where we um, have our LPGA event and got to win that one. And yeah, really, that, that's throwback. So I've known Stacey for a while and her husband is now the head coach at A&M. But he was at Oklahoma and rec- recruited me there. Um, so, yeah, and they're they're great. The whole family. Stacy's great too. So, um, I'm very excited to be playing for her. Um, like her first being a captain.
0: Right. Right. Uh, yeah. Gosh, that's that's really cool. Just a couple more questions. Do you know much about Finca courtesan Have you ever been to Spain for golf or just for vacation?
1: I've never been to Spain, so first time. Um, I've heard that it is hilly and it's kind of tight off the tee. I'm not not funky is not the right word, but you kind of just have like a lot of a lot of slope all above your feet. Um, heard that you can get to the par fives in two, so those will be kind of exciting. But um, yeah, gotta hit it straight off the tee, and apparently it can get a little bit windy there, so I think that might come into play too.
0: And is it nice? There are five rookies. You're one of five rookies on this year's U.S. team. I almost think that's 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 good for you. I I, I would. I don't know. I'm just trying to put myself in that position. I, I almost would love to join a team where it's like, hey, there are a lot of other newcomers. I mean, you guys really have a chance to to put. Your own stamp and to kind of create some new, I don't know, traditions or just it's it's not like you're walking in as the only rookie, right? I guess.
1: Yeah, it was nice to experience some of like, yeah, just experience it together and learn together as a group from the other, you know, veterans that have been there before. And yeah, there's um, definitely it's definitely a new team that they've had in in the past. And you know, I haven't been on those teams, but I think Stacy kind of has an idea of like what didn't work the last few years. And so I think she's going to like change some things. Um And, you know, we are the underdog, like going on foreign soil and are like lost the last few. Um So Which I think
0: is a good, pos- yeah. I would love to yeah. be in that position. Yeah. You know, kind of yeah. that underdog mentality, yes. us against the world. Exactly. Yeah. yeah.
1: And it's been, uh, you know, we had a team dinner last night, so it's been nice to kind of know the girls a little bit more. And, you know, I, grew up playing a lot with Lilia and Allison who have had a great year won three majors between the two of them so yeah and I think we have a really good team and you know um but I think you know yeah like I can't speak on what didn't work the last few but I think Stacy's really trying to gather that like kind of like team mentality and like be like okay like asking everyone that's been on the team the last few years like what didn't work like what do you think we need to change and definitely um you know it's Stacy's so smart and so wise and definitely hearing from the other girls and yeah like I'm you know I was already talking to Allie and Angel about kind of like their experiences and what to expect and stuff like that so but yeah just having five rookies definitely being able to take it in and Rose has been on Curtis cup. And so she kind of knows a little bit of what to deal with and junior Solheim cup and having her on the team is great. Um, and just, yeah, like just quality, like good people on the team.
0: Well, it's, it's awesome. We're going to be over there. So best of luck. You'll, you'll see a lot of us. I'm sure that week, uh, I've been looking forward to it for, I was at the 2021 Solheim for the first time and just had a blast and have kind of had the, the next, solheim circled on my calendar so it'll be here in a couple weeks cheyenne thank you so much good luck this weekend in cincinnati i hope you find some good coffee i hope you try skyline uh you may hate it but give it a try and thank you very much for the time
1: thanks thanks so much for having me
0: be the right club be the right club today Johnny, that's better than most how about in? That is better than most. Better than most. <laughs> Expect any. Anything-